0: In this episode of College on Fleek, we're going to talk about dealing with depression. If you've struggled with depression, or maybe you wonder if you even have depression, stay tuned, because this episode of College on Fleek might help you out. Hey, it's time to stop procrastinating, get your S2G, and crush it in college. I'm Mary Dittman. This is College on Fleek. winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of Wonderful Life and College on Fleek. In this episode we're going to talk about dealing with depression but before we do that let's take a motivation minute. I just was looking at some fascinating research and this is not new but what the research shows is that clutter in any form distracts your brain. So when you sit down and you want to do your homework or read your English assignment or work on that history paper, when your space is a mess, it actually distracts your brain. You may not be aware of it, but your brain is making note of like, there's a bunch of papers over there, there's socks over there, there's plates and forks on the floor and your brain gets very distracted. And it's like having little leaks in your brain. The energy is just draining out. And you're wondering like, how come, how come I can't get focused? Now, if you've heard of the KonMari method, Marie Kondo, she recommends when you're going to declutter, she's, her method is like with your clothes, get all of your clothes from everywhere, the closet, the dresser, wherever your clothes are, get them all out and like throw them in a pile and go through them all okay I can't do that. To me that is really overwhelming and I actually just did something like this recently where I got all of my jewelry and I love jewelry. I have a lot of it and I don't even mean like my malas like this and I'm not talking about my good jewelry. I mean you know my fashion jewelry and I just wanted to get it organized and kind of change up how I stored it and I literally got three quarters of the way through. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I was like, oh. and it was all over the bedroom floor. So I'm like, well, I can't just quit now. Like I got to push through and finish it. But you know, see, that's why I don't like that method. So what I usually do and what I recommend to you is just declutter something, just work on one thing. Like don't try to do your whole entire desk just do one drawer of your desk. That's it. Don't worry about the whole thing. Don't try to clean out your entire closet. Just do maybe your shoes, okay? Or just do this one little section of the closet or this one dresser drawer. It will give you the confidence. You'll you'll have a result and you can look at it and be like, oh, wow, cool. Like, This is really, look, I got it done. And then you can go look at it sometimes. It'll inspire you. One of my mentors one time, I told her I wanted to clean out my dresser. And she said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to clean out one drawer and call me. So I did, I did one drawer and I called her right away. And she said, that's great. You know, do you like, oh yeah, it looks great. It's so nice and neat, I'm so impressed with myself. And she said, what are you gonna do now? I said, I'm gonna do the other five drawers. And she said, no, you're not. You're gonna not do anything else today. Um, and every time you walk by your dresser, I want you to open the drawer and look at it and admire it. And I was like, okay. And she said, now you can do one more drawer tomorrow, but that's it. And what she was teaching me was how to do these things and not get overwhelmed. And so that is what I recommend to you: is just declutter something. Okay, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be everything. If your car is a mess. Maybe, like, trying to clean your car out just feels really overwhelming. Just start with the front seat, okay? Just start with, like, the stuff that you've thrown in the passenger side. Just do that. And sometimes if what you have to do is you clean it out you throw some stuff in the trunk, fine, okay? That's what I do a lot of times when I'm organizing. I might be clearing stuff out, and I'll I'll throw it in my garage because I have a garage at my apartment. I'll be like, throw it in the garage because I know I need to move it somewhere else. I'm not sure where yet. I know I want to keep it, but I want to just... I can't deal with it right now. Okay, well, so I'll do all that. Now, I know at some point I'm gonna have to deal with the garage. But then when I get to the garage, again, I just do like this one little section, okay? So even if you're like, just clean out the front seat, throw some things in the trunk, you're gonna get to the trunk eventually. Okay, then the next day, you deal with one side of the back seat. Then the next day after that, the other side of the back seat. Okay, now we're at the trunk. Now you might say, well, shoot, now I'm really overwhelmed with the trunk. All right, well, maybe, At that point you just say what can I clear out in 15 minutes. Do as much as you can with the trunk in 15 minutes and that's it. So just declutter something. In every episode we like to give you a study hack or a success hack. Now the study hack I always 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 want to recommend is that you go to collegeonfleek.com and get the study smart toolkit. When I was in college, actually in high school and graduate school as well, I had terrible test anxiety. And when I started teaching, I saw that many of my students suffer with test anxiety. And it's really terrible when you have studied, like legit you've studied, and you get in to take the exam and you you can't remember anything. And you're just staring at a blank page. And if you've never had that experience, I'm gonna tell you, you know, it feels, it's scary and then you feel like a failure. So I created this three-step system to help myself because I was failing. And it helped me. And then I started teaching it to my students when I started teaching. And over the years, it's helped hundreds of students. And it's good for any class, any major. I don't care where you go to school. I've taught it to high school students, college students, graduate students. I really use this a lot in graduate school myself. A lot of times my students say, Ms. Dittman, can I come to your office and you could show me how to study? No need. If you get the Study Smart Toolkit, You've got me right there 24/7. You can watch it over and over and over again. And it's free. It's a video tutorial. I'm sitting down with you one-on-one and showing you how to study and it works. I've seen my students go from D's and F's to A's and B's on the very next exam. Okay, now I'm not a magician. Okay, I can't guarantee you're gonna get an A. But I can tell you what I've seen with my own eyes, which is my students going from D's and F's to A's and B's because they've used what I teach you in the Study Smart Toolkit. So do yourself a solid. Go to collegeonfleek.com and get that Study Smart Toolkit. Okay, but let me give you a success hack. And that is, listen, create good habits now. Now I'm filming this on summer vacation, so you might be watching this during a break or maybe it's during the semester. It doesn't really matter, but even if you're on a break, start creating some good habits now that will set you up for success when you are in school or if you're in school right now start creating habits now that are going to help you out through the semester. That could be a lot of different things. It could be getting plenty of rest. It could be managing your time. It could be using the study smart toolkit. It could be making flashcards, reviewing your flashcards, going to the writing center, going to the tutoring center, using your phone a little bit less, anything that is going to set you up for success while you're in college. But do those things now. Don't wait until it's crunch time and you're stressed out. That's not the right time to try to figure out what to do. The time to figure out what to do is right now. And you can go back and look at one of our previous episodes where we talked about creating the habits that you need for success. You might want to take a look at that. In this episode, we're going to talk about dealing with depression. And before we get into any of this, I want to say that when we're talking about depression, if you are feeling suicidal, you're having dark, negative thoughts, please reach out and get help. You can contact the National Suicide Hotline, call your doctor if you needed to call 911 do that because depression is serious and don't ever try to just figure it out by yourself there is a lot of help available so i want to remind you make sure you talk to your doctor talk to your medical care provider and there's a lot of help out there but i want to just talk about depression now maybe you don't maybe you don't suffer with depression but a lot of people do And this may not really apply to you per se, but I'll bet it applies to at least one person you know. Whether they've ever said they have depression or not, I promise you, you know someone who's suffering. I like to think of depression, there's two different types. There's what I call situational depression and then of course there's clinical depression. Situational depression would be your boyfriend broke up with you or you had a death of a close friend or a family member or maybe you failed a class and you're having some emotional response to that. And many times with situational depression, you will be depressed and that might be a very normal response. And if you feel depressed for three or four months, but you're able to function and then you start to feel better, okay, may not be too worrisome. When it comes to clinical depression, there are a lot of different ways to know if you have clinical depression. You can actually go online and you can Google uh, clinical depression test and it's a little checklist and you can go through it and see where you're at. Um, Everybody has a different experience. I had untreated depression and anxiety in college and for many years. And so I understand what it is to suffer with clinical depression. I'm gonna tell you my experience with it. Again, this doesn't mean that this applies to you. There are a lot of different symptoms to depression. I'm gonna tell you what I experienced. And again, if you have a question, if you think you have depression, if you certainly, if you're thinking any dark or suicidal thoughts, I want you to talk to your doctor. For me, Here's how I could tell that the, that the depression was winning. Um, I couldn't focus, like I couldn't um, figure anything out. For example, what I mean by that is I would be trying to help myself with my depression. I'd be, you know, I'd pray, I'd go to church, I'd read my Bible, I'd read inspirational material, I'd journal. And I would read the words. But I, it's like I, I, I could get them in my ears, but I, I, couldn't, I, didn't, I couldn't feel it. You know like I didn't feel any comfort I couldn't I couldn't feel better from anything I felt really helpless and hopeless like you know nothing's nothing's gonna be better ever nothing's good right now Um, and I wouldn't necessarily tell people that I would say I was fine Um, I would isolate when when my depression is winning I isolate and my friends will say well you should call me when you feel that way But for me, one of my symptoms of depression is when I'm feeling that way, I won't reach out. I isolate and then that makes it worse. I noticed that um, when I was in therapy and I believe talk therapy is a very important part of coping with depression. And so I was seeing a therapist regularly, like once a week, twice or once a week or once every two weeks, depending on what was happening. And at one point, I said, you know, I work out for two hours a day. And she was like, why are you working out for two hours a day? And I thought about it and I was like, you know, when I work out, I mean, I was doing like an hour of cardio and an hour of strength training. And when I thought about it, I realized during my workout, I never felt better. Like I never got any kind of relief. Like if my depression, let's say a one was like, you're totally, doing fine and a 10 was like you're gonna leave and do something bad to yourself i was at a nine and i realized that during my workout i stayed at a nine and after the workout i was still at a nine and that's not normal like today i know that if i'm feeling down okay and i'm i'm feeling sad i'm feeling blue when i work out I feel at least a little bit better while I'm working out and probably shortly after I work out. Now it doesn't mean I'm still not sad, okay, but I get some relief and that was a big clue to me. I was like, wait a minute. I think something's wrong with my brain because I should get some kind of like endorphin rush. The, the things that happen in your brain when you do any type of exercise, you go for a walk, You go for a run, you work out in the gym, any kind of a fitness class, yoga, anything. You should get some type of a little feel-good. And I was getting nothing. And I said, something might be wrong here. And I was very judgmental about people with depression, especially who took medication. I had the attitude, and I wouldn't always say this. I would rarely say this out loud, but my real thought was, well, you don't need a pill you know, you should go to church and get on the treadmill and eat healthy and you won't need to pop a pill. But I was doing all those things. I was eating healthy. I do not drink. I do not use any drugs. Okay. I was getting enough sleep. I was drinking water. I was working out. I was meditating. I was praying. I was going to church. And in fact, one Sunday I was driving home from church and I was, in my mind, I was working on a timeline of when might be a good time for me to do something, and I already had a method. And just in a moment of clarity, I said, oh no, because I know statistically what the research says is if you have a method and a timeline, you're highly likely to follow through. And in that one moment of clarity, I went, oh my gosh, I'm really in trouble. And I promise you that very next morning, I called my doctor. Now for me, when I went to see my doctor, he did prescribe me a medication. Now, I really felt like a failure when I had to start taking that medication. And then a few years later, um, I went through a very traumatic event and I was plunged into another depression, could not get out of it. And I was talking with my therapist and she finally said, you know what? We've done everything we can do. I need you to call your doctor. You've got, We've got to get you more help. And I was like, I'm already on one antidepressant. Like, I, you know, how many more drugs do I have to take? And I, it felt like it was scary to me. Like I'm on an antidepressant and I am feeling like that 10, like some, I'm gonna do something. And that was so frightening to me because I'm like, I'm already on an antidepressant. And she said, look, you're trying to manage this on your own. We're doing talk therapy once a week. I need you to call your doctor. So I did, I called my doctor, you know, actually that, in fact, I, really and truly, she said, I want you to call right now. So I sat there in her office, called and got an appointment. He put me on a second antidepressant. And I'm gonna tell you something, that was hard for me because I felt like a big failure. Like what's wrong with me that I have to take medication? Now, medication is not for everybody, okay? And I don't like how pharmaceutical companies market to people and they say, oh, do you get social anxiety? Like you should get on Zoloft. Well, who doesn't have social anxiety? We all have social anxiety. Like you're gonna walk into a room of people you don't know and you're gonna feel some kind of way about it. Yeah, that's not social anxiety, that's normal. And medication is not appropriate for everybody. And especially when you're under the age of 25, your brain is still developing and you may actually find that medications make your depression worse or they can put you into a state of psychosis. This is why I'm telling you, if you're having questions or issues with depression, you've got to work with your doctor closely to see what's going to be appropriate for you, especially if you're under the age of 25. Now, like I said, there's a lot of different tools you can use to cope with depression. I'm a huge fan of talk therapy. And every college campus has a counseling center, which is free for students. It's confidential. It's just like any, it's covered with HIPAA, just like any healthcare is. Your counselor cannot reveal that you are there or what you are talking about. And so take advantage, it's free. I mean, listen, when I wanna go see my therapist right now, it's 125 bucks an hour. When you're in college, you can go see good therapists at your college health center for free. And I always recommend doing that. Now, on top of that, if you're working with a therapist and you're finding like you're not getting relief or if you're at that level nine or 10 where you're thinking some very dark thoughts of self-harm, then you need to speak up and you might need to call your doctor, 911, the suicide hotline, the suicide prevention hotline. You've got to take action on that, but you don't have to struggle and suffer. One of my girlfriends suffers with depression and I've asked her time and time again, please go see your doctor. Please talk to him about an antidepressant. You don't have to live like this. You don't have to suffer and feel bad. She won't do it. And at one point I even talked to my doctor and said, look, I kind of want to go off the antidepressants. I don't like to take, Pharmaceuticals. I mean, I'm a really healthy person and I'm into like herbs and meditation and stuff like that. Maybe I could get off the antidepressants. And he looked at me and said, How did you get to my office today? Because he knows I live on the other side of town. I said, I drove. He said, Why didn't you walk? I'm like, Why would I walk? It's a freaking hundred degrees outside and it's like 10 miles. Why would I walk? And he said, Yeah why would you when you could take the car and sit in the air conditioning and it'd be a lot more pleasant easier way to get here and he said that's what the medication does for you he said yeah we can take you off the medication um it just might make life a whole lot more difficult uncomfortable and unpleasant for you or if it's working for you right now you can stay on it now again i'm not suggesting medication is for everybody and i don't agree with doctors who just prescribe a pill every time you say, ouch. Uh, There are people who say that clinical depression isn't real and that antidepressants don't work. I can tell you in my case, they have worked because I did all the other stuff and it wasn't working. Okay, and to me, that was the big indicator was I was exercising hard and I like to work out. I mean, I enjoy it and I was feeling zero, zero good feelings from it at all. And I, so I knew there was something wrong with my brain chemistry. Now, Tony Robbins, who's a motivational speaker, and I like him, I love Tony Robbins. But one of the things he says, and a friend of mine is a huge Tony Robbins fan, and she's like, you just need to change your state. And what he'll say is like, you're feeling down, you're feeling depressed, so you just, you know, you need to just like jump around and like get happy and like do some fun stuff and run around and listen to music and dance. And I get that. But if you have clinical depression, doing that stuff isn't going to cut it. One of my friends at one point told me, you know, you need to make a gratitude list. When you're suffering with clinical depression, you literally cannot make a list of things you're grateful for. Literally. Like, my brain knew I have a good life. But I was like, I I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm not grateful for anything. And it's a little hard to explain if you've never felt it. It doesn't, you know... One of the problems with depression is it's, it's not logical, okay? And so when you're a sane, you're in a sane logical place, you can't understand depression. Because when you're in depression, it feels like insanity. And so I just don't believe that jumping around and dancing and listening to music, that might work for some situational type depression. But when you have legit clinical depression, Some of those things may not be enough. Again, you need to talk to your doctor. Everybody is different. And when you're under the age of 25, taking um, psychotropic medication may not be beneficial, it could be harmful. But there are a lot of ways that you can get support if you're struggling. You don't have to suffer. I see a lot of my students who end up failing out because they get into a depression where they can't do anything. They can't go to class, they can't get out of the bed, uh, then they start wanting to self-medicate to feel better. They drink, they do drugs, that makes it worse. They fail out, then they're really got a problem to be depressed about. I mean you don't have to be in that space. You can get some help. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. College on Fleek is a dialogue not a monologue and we want to hear from you. I want to know from you, what are you going to declutter? Tell me one thing that you're going to work on decluttering. Put that in the comments and let us know. You can always connect with us at collegeonfleek.com and we'll see you next time right here on College on Fleek.